Thank you all. You know, you can exercise your faith and believe God for healing for anything. You see people come down to the altar and they get healed, which we've had that, and it happens in many other places, because that's because God is initiating the healing process, but just because he is the one initiating it doesn't mean that you can't initiate it yourself. In fact, that's what God prefers us to do. You know, Jesus said, come to me. <laughs> come to me. So, yes. Testimony is good now. Testimony time. Iris has a testimony. <clears throat> you could, okay, you could you could use your mic if you like. I suppose that's the advantage of having having your vocal mic. See, as many of you know, Mama went to heaven, and I am joyous. Joyous. <laughs> I mourned for over four years. There's no need to mourn now. Amen. Healing, 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 healing. Sometimes comes in form of this hurts and miraculously it gets fixed or maybe two weeks later it gets fixed but healing of the heart those scars we walk around sometimes and we smile and we're happy but we got scars but i'm here to remind you this is what we work for on a daily basis not just on sunday for these messages that were left for us in, in this book of life. That's why today, he gave my mama healing. And in turn, he gave me healing. Amen. Because I know she ran up to Jesus. I'm not going to be sad. <laughs> so if you feel here or at home, if you feel that you're not good enough, he skips over you. He has blessings for everybody but me. Woe is me. I'm not <laughs> worthy. Listen, he died for me and you and you and you and you at home. <laughs> that makes you worthy. It doesn't matter what you think. It's what he said and he put out there for us. So when you start feeling sorry for yourself, you need to talk to him and say, listen, I'm doing this again. And if I can't snap out of it, can you send me somebody? Or can you let me see something that to, to remind me what you did for me? Because if we keep in that loneliness and we keep in that depression, we keep with, oh, my goodness, this one passed and that one passed and life stinks and, and the politicians and my grass is dying. Come on. <laughs> it's not about that. I believe that we were born, we were put here to make a difference in Jesus' name, whether it's a big difference or a little difference, because we all have different talents, and then hopefully we go meet him. That's it. Not how much the house is worth, what kind of car you have, how much you have in the bank. It's not it, people. So snap out of it, and if you need to be snapped out, you come and see me. I will boldly tell you. <laughs> so I want everybody to just just look inside. Look inside. You don't have to be big, rich, and famous. Look inside. Are you loving him? Do you believe that he exists? 
Do you believe that he did this for you and you and you? Do you believe that all this junk on this earth is just that? You, you really need to sit down and think. And I'm talking to you kids, too. <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. Just think about it. And as you're thinking about it, guess what? You are already having a conversation with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit surrounds you. Don't lose time. I did. That was wasted. I could have been giving that to Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. I thank you, my Jesus, for receiving my mama. She is beautiful and whole. And I ask you, Lord, to continue to work on my family. And I want them all saved in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. Well, and, and Iris brought up a point that's interesting. That in this day and time, you know, the spiritual climate of the world, and you look at, at what's going on, and it's easy to get into a spirit of depression, or as the word says, a spirit of heaviness. And the word says that put on, Jesus came to give us the garment of praise Amen. for the spirit of heaviness. So you praise, you praise God, you choose to praise him, that spirit of heaviness will lift. And uh, so like this here, you know, like what we do here, you know, I really appreciate you guys singing with me, and, and it's awesome, and that experience that you get here, that can, that can happen anywhere you are, you know, because... Yeah, I, I lead you here, but I'm just leading us as a church. I'm just leading the corporate worship, you know, all of the, all the parts of the body coming together. But the truth is, is that when you're home, you're by yourself, or you're in your car, or anywhere, you can worship God in spirit and the truth. Essentially, you are leading, you know. And so, it, it can you can it can what we experience here, you can experience anywhere, at any time, you know, um, because it's about God. It's not about us. Amen. So, we do have the kids with us this morning. Welcome, guys. And uh, you know, I, I I do have I do have questions for you at the end if you if you are paying close. And, and this this is probably I I don't really have a lot of notes. It might be a it, it, so it might be a short sermon. So if in that case, you know, just pay attention and, and you'll get it. You'll get it. Okay. So uh, let's just jump right into the word. Let's go over to John chapter ten. How are you all today? You all good? Blessed and highly favored? John 10, fourth book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And uh, let's see. Okay, so here we are in John 10. Like I said, we just want to jump in. So Jesus is speaking to some Jews, and they're listening to him. And uh, he says, and I'm just going to, well, before I get into this, I, I, just a couple things. So you remember who the, the Jews are, right? That's, that's the, those are the people that God revealed himself to in the Old Testament. Not that other people groups didn't know about God, but he revealed himself to them specifically. And, uh, you know, they were representing God to the world before Jesus came. And, you know, they're just like us. You know, they were not perfect. We are not perfect. And, and uh, so they make mistakes. But thank God Jesus paid for their sins and... Not only their sins, but also our sins. And uh, now anyone can become a child of God through Jesus Christ. Just like Ira said, you know, it doesn't matter if we think we're worthy. If we accept Jesus, he, he makes us worthy. You know, and it's not by our merit. You know, I, I can't say, I did something to make myself worthy. No, it's, it's it, God did that so that people could not boast and brag about their achievements. So it's, it's 
I can, you know, anytime I have a thought that occurs to me that, you know, oh, I'm not, oh I made a mistake, not worthy, you know, if people tell me I'm not worthy, if I, you know, look, if I, if I, if I see a magazine someplace and I'm like, wow, those people are so thin and, 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 and perfect, you know, whatever, not, not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, none of that matters, you know, I can say, Jesus has made me worthy, and I don't brag about that, but it's just a fact, amen, now. So Jesus gives us some symbolism here. It's kind of poetry to, to help us to see some spiritual truth. So starting here in verse 1, I'm just going to read verse 1. So he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Now, so Jesus, okay, he, he, first of all, because we're going to kind of do some stop and go teaching here. First of all, Jesus mentions a thief who steals, okay, someone who steals, and he's He's saying that we'll know who they are because they don't come through the gate. They sneak over the wall. Okay. Why are they sneaking? Well, because they're up to no good. They're, they don't want people to see them because they're obviously planning on doing something they have no business doing. You know. And uh, then Jesus says that they're sneaking over the wall of a sheepfold. Well, what in the world is a sheepfold? That's where the shepherd takes his sheep and keeps them safe at night after they've gone out to pasture. You know, during the day, he takes them out to pasture. And they have their fill of grass, and then he takes them, um, takes them to the watering hole and the, or, the, or the well, and then he waters them, and then he takes them and he puts them in the sheepfold for the night to protect them. Okay, so that's the place. The sheepfold is their place of protection. It's their place of comfort, their place of rest, and this, this, the thief is sneaking over the wall of the sheepfold to steal the sheep. Okay, so, so it says here in verse 2, he says, but this is Jesus again still. He says, but the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Now, I don't know if you know this, but if you were to fly over to modern-day Israel and ask a shepherd about this, you'll find that that's true even today. Every shepherd has his own call for his own flock. So you've got, you've got flock A and you've got flock B, and the, the shepherd from flock A has his own call for his flock. The, shep, the shepherd B has his own call for his flock. And, but see, if shepherd B goes over to shepherd A's flock and calls them, they won't listen to him. Because they don't know that call. They don't know his voice. And so this is a, Jesus is telling them something they understand. This is something that they know, that they're aware of. And he's teaching them some spiritual truth. They don't, they don't understand it, but he's, he's, he's using something that they're familiar with to teach them this. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and look at verse 6. He says, it says, but, uh, it says those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. See, they understood the illustration, but they didn't understand what what the, the spiritual truth behind it, the, what he was really saying. Verse, uh, so, um, and he explains it on in, verse, in, in the next few verses. He says, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. So apparently there were some false sheep that listened to him. Okay. So, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Okay. Uh, now, Again, he's using symbolism. So a symbol, again, is just something that stands for something else. So Jesus says he's the gate. So then who are the sheep? 
that's the Jews he's talking to here. He's, he, he's specifically talking to the Jews who are listening to him. Okay, so he, and we'll see that in a second here. He calls them the sheep. Okay? Because we, we need to understand what he's talking about in order to, to learn from him. Good to learn from Jesus. So verse 9, he says, Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Remember he said, No one comes to the Father but through me. Okay? So he says, uh, so, uh, lost my place here. Okay, so uh, those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And then I like the way the New, the New King James word did it. it says, I, I, Jesus said, I come that they have uh, abundant life. Have, have, have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, that's that's, that's uh, uh, rich, full supply, abundance. Have life in abundance. So Jesus is the one who, who came to bring us life. That makes him the good guy. Yeah? Okay? Because we deal with bad guys in life. We, you know, sometimes it's the devil. He comes to tempt us to do wrong things and he does other things. But, you know, if you, and, and that's really the thief that Jesus is talking about here, but our spiritual enemy. But, uh, you know, he's no problem if you submit to God and then resist him. Look at James says that. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay? Sometimes other people in our lives make themselves bad guys in our lives or villains or enemies. And then sometimes we mess ourselves up. Sometimes we're, we do a pretty good job of messing ourselves up on our own. But then even in the middle of all that, Jesus is always the one who comes to bring us life. In the middle of the mess. Okay. And, uh, you know, and actually, you know, like, that he, like, like I mentioned earlier, he said abundant life. Life more abundantly. Actually, the Greek word means superabundant. Super, that means in excess, high quality, overflowing life. Far more than you need. Everything you could, all the life you could ever want. <laughs> it's a lot of life. So let's keep reading. Jesus is still speaking here in verse 11. He says, I, I am the good shepherd. Well, now he can be the gate and the shepherd. He's, he's Jesus. He can do all things. So he says, not only is he the gate, he is also the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Okay? So now, go ahead and skip down to, he, he gives some more explanation there that you can read on your own later on, but go down to verse 14. Again, he says, I am the good shepherd. If he says it twice, it's very important. If, he says it, if, if God says something once, it's important. If he says it twice, really ought to be listening. I am the good shepherd. Because, you know, what's, what's a shepherd? It's somebody who cares for you, tends to you, watches over you, you know. And actually, you know, you go back in Psalm 23, and it talks about that. You know, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. He, he anoints my head with oil. He leads me through good paths. You know, you know, anointing, they, they, anoint, they do anoint a sheep's head with oil. And that's to protect it from little bugs and stuff that can get in their eyes and cause blindness. So this, where he, he, so he, this is our shepherd. This is what he does for us. So he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. His own sheep must be the true sheep, right? I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my father knows me, and I know the father. So 
I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Now I want you to think about this for a second. So he says, I have other sheep also. If he's talking to the Jews here and he says, this is, this is the sheepfold, but he says, I have other sheep too, who do you think he's talking about there? That would be us, non-Jews, people who, who, are, not, who are not of Jewish descent. But, but the beauty of this is he says, I'm, he says, them I must bring also, and then there will be one flock. So where once there was division, now there will be unity. God loves unity. So then Jesus gives life to all of us. We're all in the same flock now. Let's read a little more here, verse 22. Now down there it says, it says, It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. <laughs> I love that. So now, that, first of all, that word Messiah, that's the same, it's the same, means the same thing as Christ. Greek, Christ is the Greek version of, of the Hebrew word Mashiach, Messiah. And that word, that word means anointed. So they're saying, if you are the anointed, tell us. If you're God's anointed, let us know. Well, now, it's kind of obvious then, you know, because <laughs> he's doing all these miracles. And, and still, they're still not convinced that he's anointed. You know, I, I just think it's interesting, you know. So, uh, but you know then that Christ is not his name. Christ is his title. It, it, it means anointed one. It's, it, it, he's anointed to be the king of everything. So it's like calling him King Jesus. He is the king, but king is not his name. You understand that? Okay. That's just a little tidbit there for you. So. The Jews are waiting for the Messiah. They're waiting for the anointed one. And they want Jesus to just, it just, just come out and say it. Just let us know. Just tell us. Okay, I love, I love his response in verse 25. Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. Now, now uh, so he's, tell, he, he's telling them, you're not my sheep because... You know, you, you don't, you're not listening. You're not, you're not doing, you know, you're, you're not paying attention, really. Um, now, first of all, just a little note here. Uh, he says, the proof that, I, that, that he, he, the proof that I'm the Messiah is the work I do in my Father's name. So now, he's doing it in the Father's name. The work that we do, we do in Jesus' name. He told us to do that. Okay, now, now um, and I just mentioned this simply because he talked about the, the thief that, that sneaks over the wall. And so people who, people are really concerned nowadays. They don't want to be deceived, you know. And so, and they wonder sometimes, how can a person do great works in God's, in Jesus' name? How can they do miracles? And then they, they turn out to be false. They turn out to, to, the truth is, is that when, if someone works a miracle, that's not God putting his stamp of approval on the person. That's God putting his stamp of approval on Jesus in whose name they are working. So they can still be false. See, okay, that's just a little, thing that might, might help you out a little bit. So verse 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. That's the, that's the qualifier because they listen. They're his sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. 
No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. So I want to show you something. Flip forward a few pages to chapter 14, if you would. Still in John. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples now. He's already told them he's getting ready to go to the cross. They're, they're upset. You know, uh, so, verse, so chapter 14, look at verse 1. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. So many people in their lives let their feelings govern, govern them. You know, and so, but this means then that, you see, he, he's telling this to his disciples. These are people who he has trained up. These are people who are saved. They, they've called Jesus Lord. They, Jesus is their Lord. And he's telling, so that means then, then that even Christians, then we are susceptible to, to this, that we, that if our heart starts to get troubled, we are not to allow it to continue being troubled. You know, you could say to your heart, no, we're not doing that. No, you're not being troubled today. You're not going to be afraid today. No. You know, it's like uh, I heard a minister one time give, give an illustration. It was a good illustration because, you know, you're driving, and, and if, you don't, if you don't keep your, your car's alignment up, and I'm guilty of that sometimes, but, you, you know, it'll pull to the right or pull to the left. And if you're driving down the highway and you, you're, you take your hands off the steering wheel, it'll start to pull. But do you just let it drive over into the ditch? No, you take hold of the steering wheel and say, no, we're not driving into the ditch. This is exactly the same thing Jesus is talking about. If my heart starts to lead me into being troubled or into that spirit of heaviness, like we talked about, that, that is when I'm like, no, we're not doing that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give thanks to God and praise him. You know, I'm going to show love to God because perfect love casts out all fear. I show love to God. He responds with love. Perfect love casts out fear. We complicate things. So Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. Now, now uh, so he says here, uh, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, he, he, you know, Jesus, Jesus still has a physical body. You know, the, he, the, he, he, it says when Jesus returns, we'll be given those incorruptible, glorious bodies like he has. He still has a physical body. So physically, he's in heaven preparing a place for us. But he told us also, lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. So spiritually, he's with us, and it's really just as good as if we were standing physically in his presence. But there's still that reconciliation, still that when he returns, it'll be a wonderful celebration. At the same time, he's still with us in full here. Okay, so now, you know, the disciples, he's trying to get them out of a, out of a, <laughs> out of a, a just a material way of thinking. Verse 5, because he just said, you know, you know the way to where I'm going. Verse 5, no, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. No, we don't. He said, we have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way. I am the way the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Okay, so now, let's, let's just stop just for a second we wanna, and just chop this up a little bit. Let's read what Jesus said here again. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, okay? So to look at this in pieces, sometimes that's a good way to learn. He said, I'm the way. Remember we just read, he said, I, were, I am the gate. Okay? The gate and the way are pretty similar. Yeah. 
Then he said, he's the truth. I'm the truth. Well, didn't we just read where he said, the true sheep hear his voice, and they follow him because they know his voice. Why? Because his voice speaks truth. And the last one here, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And remember, we just read, he said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Some people are looking for life, and they don't realize what they're actually looking for is Jesus, because he is the life. You know, he is the solution. He is the answer. It's not just about uh, some, you know, because peace, people all over the world, I just need peace, I need peace. You need peace, get Jesus. You know, he is the source of these things. Now, verse 7. This is Jesus speaking still. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. (laughs) Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? So, you know, remember, we read that. He said, my Father and I are one. They're one and the same. At the same time, they are exactly alike. We are exactly alike, the Father and I. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, everything I say is exactly like the Father would say it. Everything I do is exactly like the Father would do it. If you ever wonder what the Father is like, because lots of people that think of Jesus and the Father is separate, and, they, and they, it's like, we know Jesus, but we don't really know the Father. But if you ever wonder what the Father is like, read in the Bible about Jesus, and you'll see exactly what the Father is like. He is exactly like Jesus. Remember earlier, we said that Jesus is the good guy. So is the Father then. If Jesus is the good guy, if Jesus is, is good, the Father must be good. Okay, it's actually the title of today's message. I titled it, God is the Good Guy. And the reason I'm telling you this is because sooner or later, you're going to come across someone who will ask you, if there is a God, why do bad things happen to good people? And the answer that we give them really could make the difference between whether they accept Jesus or not. So this is equipping time here. You go back to Genesis and you read what God, when God first made the world, you'll see that it's not the same now as it was when he made it. When he first made it, it's in a fallen state now. Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered the world, the world's in a fallen state. So bad things happen to good people because of sin. At the same time, you know, remember the one guy that came in to Jesus and said, good teacher? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only the Father is good. So by God's standard, no one is good. You know, and so people say, well, bad things happen to good people. And it's like, no one deserves anything good. That's, that's grace. You know, getting good things you don't deserve from God. So this, uh, so this is a, a, I mean, people, people want to judge God from a human standard, but we can, we can kind of sidestep a lot of what they say and get to the heart of the matter like Jesus did. So the word tells us that God has set a day where he's going to make all of it new again, all of this world in us. But if we, if he were to do that right now, then a lot of people would miss out on the chance to come to Jesus, to come to the one who is good. And actually experience true goodness. So there are a lot of people out there who don't know God and they believe things about him that aren't true. There's Christians out there that believe things about God that are not true. You know, and so when I come across, that's why it's so important to be in the word. 
I, I heard a, a statistic, I don't know if it's, if it's true, but it wouldn't surprise me that 3% of Christians read this. You know, so it, it, when, and, and they wonder why they're having so, so much hardship. I've got so much trouble going on in my life. Well, how, 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 how was the last time you read your Bible? Well, I don't know, my dedication, I don't know, you know. Um, or uh, how, uh, and then even people who read it sometimes can make it into a, a ritual rather than a relationship. And so it's like, when, well, how, how close are you to God? Uh, you know, uh, my, um, one of my instructors back at Raymond said that people call him all the time. They're like, oh, Brother Rich, uh, 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 my life is falling apart. And he's like, well, how close are you to God right now? And they're like, oh, I've never felt so far away from him. It's like, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's a connection here, you know. And so uh, when we read the word and we come across something that is like, well, uh, I just read something about God that I didn't know. Now I have a choice. Either I can uh, continue on in my wrong belief. Or I can set, I can lay that down, and then and instead agree with God about what He says about Himself. So that's how we grow. And so you know, there are people that they just they a lot. The main wrong thing that people believe out there is that they just kind of have this underlying belief that that God doesn't want them to go to heaven. You know, I, I saw I saw a video one time with a couple guys that were witnessing to a girl, and they told her, "God doesn't want you to go to hell." And she was shocked. Really? Didn't know that, you know. And, but see, did Jesus ever tell anyone that, that God wants people to go to hell? And if the Father is exactly like Jesus, then it can't be true that God wants people to go to hell, you know. There, there are people who uh, will go to hell because they won't take Jesus up on his offer of salvation. He paid for their sins, but he's not going to, you know, they, unless they accept him, then the payment that he made for their sins is not valid. They end up paying it for it themselves. That's where hell comes in. And so, you know, uh, I just kind of touch on a, on a few th- wrong things that people believe here. You know, uh, there are people who believe that God doesn't care, doesn't care about them, doesn't care if they have enough to eat, enough to drink, enough to, you know, enough money to survive. They, you know, just, they just believe that. But in Matthew 6, Jesus talks about how the Father knows we need food and clothes, and he says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. You know, if the Father is exactly like Jesus then, then he wants us to have things that we need too. In fact, that's what Jesus said, the Father knows you need these things. Some people think that God puts sickness on people as a punishment, or he doesn't want to heal people. Some people believe that. But see, did Jesus ever put sickness on anybody? So then if, if Jesus did not put sickness on anybody, and if Jesus didn't turn anybody away who asked him to be healed, asked him for healing, then if the Father is exactly like Jesus, then God must not, the Father must not put sickness on people either. But here's the truth of the matter. God has given every person in the world a chance to be saved through Jesus. Okay, It's available. You know. Talking to Chloe one time about this very thing, about things that are available to us through Jesus, you know. But I said, so, um, we're talking about healing, actually, but it could apply to anything that God has for us. I said, do we, I said, do we have milk in the fridge right now? She said, yeah. I said, are we drinking it? We are standing in the hallway talking. I said, are we drinking? She said, no. I said, but it's available. She said, yeah. It's the same thing with anything that God has said we can have in his word. It's available. Okay, And so, no, there will be people who don't accept Jesus. 
It's the same, God, God has made healing available. through. Will every person accept healing? Will every person be healed? No. No, with food and clothes. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. These things will be added to you then. So those things are available, but will everyone choose to seek first the kingdom of God? Will everyone do that? Does every Christian seek first the kingdom of God? You know, some people, for some people, it's got, got to study hard, got to get the degree, got to pay off the student loans, got to get to college, got to, got to get the car, got to get the house, got to get whatever. If they're seeking those things first, then that disqualifies them from what Jesus said. So that even though then we understand that God in his goodness has made all these things available, even though he is the ultimate good guy, not everyone will take advantage of his goodness. And that's a shame. But because God's a gentleman, he's not going to force people to accept good things from him. Sometimes people will try to point us to Old Testament scriptures to prove that God withholds things or tries to put bad things on people. But anyone who does that missed the message of the Old Testament. The people broke their promises to God over and over again, and as a result, God laid down some punishment. Yeah, but the Old Testament itself tells us that God punished them far less than they deserved. They even admitted it. You punished us far less than we deserved. We were bad. You know? Ha. <sighs> But then God forgives us when we don't deserve it. And, and you know, another thing, because we touched on feelings earlier, because Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, don't let it be afraid. First John 1 John 1.9 says that if we're faithful, or, or I mean that if, we're, if, we are, if we confess our sins to, God, to, to Jesus, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That does not produce a feeling. Because some people, well, I don't feel forgiven. Well, did you ask him? Well, yeah. Do you believe that he would give you something besides forgiveness if you asked him? Because feelings really get in the way. I don't feel forgiven. The Bible talks about the, uh, the guilt of sin. You know, we call it sin consciousness. I'm, I'm more conscious of, of sin than I am of God's grace, God's forgiveness. We don't want to do that. And so then, uh, you know, one thing, and I thought about this when I was writing this, you know, you have the fact that Jesus studied these Old Testament scriptures. See, because people will try to use the Old Testament to put themselves under burdens and things like that. But Jesus, that's the same, Jesus studied the Old Testament, and that's what he taught from. You know, how do we know that Jesus studied the Old Testament? Because in, in, in Luke, where he was a little boy, and he, it says he went, he went home with, you know, you remember the story, he, he tarried behind in the temple, and and. And his parents came looking for him, and when they found him, it says that he went back with him, and he was obedient to them, and he grew in wisdom and stature. How, how did he grow in wisdom? Studying this. You know. And so understand, then, that his message of grace comes from the Old Testament, but because he completed, he, or he fulfilled the law, he, he decides what goes into his, his, his new faith. I mean, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Because people sometimes put themselves under, you know, an old, uh, I mean, I had someone that got, got caught up one time, well, why does the Old Testament say you're not supposed to weave two different kinds of material together into one cloth? Well, there's some spiritual truth behind that, but Jesus fulfilled that part of the law, and he didn't include that in the New Testament, so you don't need to worry about it, you know, and there you are. It keeps coming up. I wonder if I'm just harping on that, or if there's someone out there that needs that. So... Just remember that there's always a qualifier when we ask God for something. 
that he's made, made uh, available in his goodness? Are we seeking the kingdom first? In other words, are we, are we about the Father's business? When Jesus was in the temple, I must be about my Father's business. You, 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 sh- you, you, you shouldn't have had to look for me. You should have known I'd be in the temple because I'm, I'm, I'm about my Father's business. You know, so are we about the Father's business? You know, and being about his business is relationship with him. I mean, we can't separate that. I heard a minister one time, he's walking, uh, he walking into the building, into a building, and he said as he's walking in, the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, you know, you and I have a really good business relationship. And he's like, wait, because there's that missing element of the personal relationship, you know, but they can, they can be joined. The business, relation, you know, the business relationship and the personal relationship with God can be joined. Amen? Because then I'm working, I mean, I worked with my dad for many years. We grew really close over the years. But we're working together. You know, when you go out and, and God prompts you to talk to someone, remember, it's not like, it's not like if, 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 you're, if you see someone over there, wherever, you know, they catch your eye and God says, go talk to that one. It's not like when you step over there, he's, he's like, have fun. And he's just watching, you know, he goes with you. You know, he's working with you, you know. <laughs> okay, anyway. So Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus said, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. You know, have you ever heard someone say, seeing is believing? Sounds good, but it's misleading. Jesus said, believe you have it before you see it. And, and, you know, and, and this is something that's interesting. You know, you can, did you know you can practice believing? A lot of people don't, don't uh, think of believing as something they can get better at. But you can get better at believing. You know, the Amplified Bible, when Jesus said, have faith in God, actually in brackets right after that, it said, he said, believe in, trust in, rely on, and adhere to. Well, adhere to, that just means to stick to him, like glue, like, you know, now, now can, I, can I stick closer and closer and closer to him? Can I learn to stick closer to him? Can I learn to trust him for more? Can I learn to rely on him more and more? That all those things, they comprise belief. I can, I can get better at believing. I can practice believing and get better at it. It's very important, you know. And, you know, I, get, I, get, I can get to the point where I can say, I'm going to believe God no matter what. I don't care. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I don't care. You know, you remember in the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The, Nebuch- the king Nebuchadnezzar told them, you need to bow to this idol. They said, no. Sorry, sir. We're not doing that. I don't even think they apologized. No, we're not, we're not going to do it. He said, if, I'll throw you in this furnace if you don't do it. And he said, and then what God can save you from my power? They said, our God can save us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. We're not going to do it. How do you argue with that kind of faith? That's why he got so mad. You know, we, in the, when you read it in the NLT, it says his face became distorted with rage. And the kids said, why did he get so mad? Because they told him no. And they wouldn't listen to his threats. The devil threatens people, but it's like, sorry, but your threats are empty. If I, if I submit to God, I resist you in Jesus' name. Makes him mad. Why? Because there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, that's all I have for today. 
So, hope that was helpful to you. <laughs> uh, now, I do have some questions for you guys. Um, the, the kids, I mean. Questions for the kids. I think that we had talked about... I've got, I've got five kids here. You guys each answer two questions right. That means you get two candies. And I've got, I've got a different selection up here today. I've got, I've got Heath Bars and Milk Duds and Kit Kats and Rolos. Do you guys even know what Rolos are? That's like an old, old you know... My, my brother always had Rolos or Whoppers all the time. I was like, hey, you got any Whoppers? He's like, yeah. Give me a bunch of Whoppers. Or, or Tootsie Rolls. He had Tootsie Rolls all the time, too. Yeah, Tootsie Rolls. But I don't have any Tootsie Rolls, sorry. Now, okay, so you guys ready? I can hear the kids are getting themselves ready. Get, you guys have been paying attention? <laughs> all right, now you guys know the rules. You, I got, I've got nothing but veterans here today, so you know the rules. Raise your hand, and Mr. Bill will let me know uh, who, who got their hand up first. And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, true or false? Okay, true or false? You guys are ready? True, is this true or false? Everywhere Jesus went, he healed the sick, performed miracles, and talked about God's goodness. I, I think that was Luke. That's true. You know that's all he did for three years? <laughs> okay, true or false? Now, now, you remember, don't raise your hand until everyone's had it. All right. True or false? Jesus said that sometimes his father keeps his goodness away from people in order to teach them a lesson. That was Timothy. That was pretty easy. That's false, yeah. Yes. Jesus taught that the goodness of God is available. True or false? Jesus said that if we ask for something he has made available, we don't have to believe it until after we have it. That was Samuel. That's false. Yep. Whatever things you ask for, believe that you receive, and then you will have them. All right. True or false? You will be one of Jesus' sheep if you listen to his voice and do what he taught. That's Asher. That's true. You got it. Come on up. You might want to try the Heath Bar. Heath Bars have toffee. You don't hardly ever have toffee anymore. He's like, not doing that. All right, that's fine. You don't have to take my advice. All right. True or false? Jesus told the disciples that he and the Father are exactly alike. All we've got left is Miss Briley. Do you want to answer? You don't have to answer a question if you don't want to. She doesn't, she doesn't want to answer. All right, that's fine. She's like, I don't like toffee. All right. Yeah, they're... they're they're, they're aware. Okay, that means that she's opened the floor back up for you guys. So let me ask it one more time. All right. True or false? Jesus told the disciples that he and the Father are exactly alike. Was that Asher? You got it? That's true. You got it. Jesus said, he who's seen me has seen the Father. All right. This is question six. True or false? Jesus told the Jews he had other sheep he needed to bring to the sheepfold. The other sheep he was talking about are us, non-Jews. Is that true or false? That was Luke. That's true. You got it. Yep. Yep. We're all, we're all part of the flock now. All right. True or false? 
Jesus said, true or false, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and a pretty good guy. (laughs) Who was that? That was really close. Why don't you guys do rock, paper, scissors for it? (laughs) You have to answer the question. (laughs) No, 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 no. You got to answer the question. Oh, he said false. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's not exactly what he said, right? The life. He's the life. All right, all right, now. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, wow, I messed, up my, I messed myself up. I answered my next question myself. I should have had some foresight. All right. So Jesus also said that he came to bring us life, right? Now, can you tell me what kind of life he came to bring us. There's a few answers that'll work here. I did because I answered it myself by accident. <laughs> yeah, so I'm on number nine now. So can you tell us what kind of life he said he was going to bring? <laughs> Timothy's like, what? <laughs> you already answered. I guess you are the only one left. There's a few. An- He's like, I don't, I don't know. That's okay. That's all right. I can skip that when I come back to it. Let's do that. Okay, so a true or false one now here. Through his son Jesus, God has made salvation, provision, and health available, and every person on earth will absolutely receive those things whether they accept him or not. Is that true or false? Yeah, I'm opening it back up to you guys. Oh, no, you, 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 that's not true. No, sorry. Oh, eh. That's okay. It was a long question. I think I, I, I didn't word it very well. Okay. And I'm going to open it back up to you guys, the rest of you guys, and for this last one. So can you tell me, can anyone tell me what type of life Jesus said he was going to bring? Luke? What, was that Luke or Asher? What? No, you guys don't know? Well, there's more than one answer. So if you know, if you know one that he doesn't give me, then you can, you can answer another one. Now, Briley, there's actually three different things that he said. You think, you think that Briley should go? Oh, how generous of you. Oh, she answered two. Okay, that's fine. Well, that's fine. You can, I'll tell you what. Since you didn't answer one earlier, go ahead and grab, grab two here. You could mix and match. Samuel, is there one more you know? Well, he didn't say that, but it's true. You go ahead and come on up. It is true. He did say that. Well, he, he, yeah, he, he did. He said, okay, everybody, I think that I'm done. Are you all done? Because I'm done. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness that we've talked so much about today, Lord, that we just, we can never repay. It's just overflowing, overabundant. It's just, it's more than enough, more than we could ever ask for, Father. And so I pray uh, that, that you, you once again just put your goodness on everyone here listening to this, Father, just to show that you are good. As the word said, taste and see. The Lord is good, and it's not just a one-time thing. You remind us constantly of your goodness, Father, and so I just pray for goodness, 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 your grace, your mercy, your glory on everybody, and because you give us that, all of that, in order to make sure that the work that you've given us to do progresses in the earth, and so we pray, Father God, that anyone you're going to set in our path, that you prepare their heart to receive what we're going to say as we scatter seed, the way Jesus taught on scattering seed and falls on different kind of soil. We ask, Lord, that you prepare their heart And then you give us the words to speak. Uh, You give us what we need to be able to minister to people in their need. 
We thank you, Jesus, and praise you. Amen. Okay, you are all dismissed.